3: Support Wrestle Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring and a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to this very special edition of Wrestle Ramble, kind of. It's more of a Wrestle Talk Magazine 100 thing. Uh, I'm Ollie Davis, of course. And still quite under the weather, as you might hear, Luke is sitting next to me without the headphones on because I told him this isn't a Luke thing, and now I feel bad and weird that he's just <laughs> sitting here, sat here with, in silence. <laughs> with
1: you can't even do it on your own.
3: You should have probably done it because i can't I still cough in a bit, uh but yes, I sat down with uh well, via the medium of Skype or some other over the internet recording voice service with inside the ropes is kenny mcintosh wrestle talk magazine editor james dixon and power slams finn martin the uh the british journal of wrestling that a lot of us were raised on over in these shores uh sort of he's he's coined as the not by himself but as the british dave meltzer and we go back and forth about our who we think should be in the top 20 i was very much against what everyone else had to say I had a, I approached it in a different way. Uh, I don't don't rate ring work as as highly as everyone else, uh, and I get a lot of heat for Brock Lesnar. So enjoy the show. I uh, hope you enjoy it. and go and order Wrestle Talk magazine issue two, which is available now, and you can click the link in the podcast description to this to f- see the full one
1: hundred. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk one hundred debate. My name is Kenny McIntosh. I think this is. My Wrestle Talk debut? I think so. Um, and I'm here today to host. Uh, initially, it was going to be a, a private chat, but we're letting you all in a little bit because the Wrestle Talk 100 is, of course, going to be in Wrestle Talk magazine where we have the top 100 wrestlers in the world um, in 2017. So I'm joined by three titans of wrestling knowledge. Um, the first one is pretty much the face of Wrestle Talk. And what a pretty face it is, Ollie Davis. Hi, Ollie.
3: Hi, how's it going, everybody? So excited to be here. Thanks for having me on, guys.
1: Aw, he's lovely, isn't he? Um, then we have the, almost like the king of, of, you know, wrestling knowledge, Finn Martin, the man who wrote Power Slam, who I, you know, I go through life trying to emulate. Hi, Finn. How are you doing, Kenny? How? And thank you, everyone,
2: for having me on the show. And uh, I'm really looking forward to discussing these wrestlers and ranking them and saying what we're going to say today. Really oh, looking forward to it. All
1: that kind of stuff. And then the last one is um, James Dixon, who is the editor of Talk Magazine. Hi, James. Hi, Kenny. My intro wasn't as impressive as the others. Could you do it again? <laughs> And my final pick is a man who has bribed his way into a job in every place he's ever worked, including hell in Newcastle. Um, It's James Dixon. Hi, James.
0: Hi, Kenny. How are you?
1: You asked me to do another one. I did. So I I want to start off by... uh, So we all have got our own top 20s. Now, I have access to each of your top 20s. Now, I'm not going to divulge to people on the on air here what they are. But I am gonna ask you guys a little bit about some of your picks and why you've maybe picked someone so high or so low and then I'm gonna combat that with someone who's had thinks of that person a little differently. But before we begin, talk to people a little bit about how you see the WrestleTalk one hundred as a criteria. If pe- if people at home are doing their own WrestleTalk one hundred, like what are you thinking about when you put the list together? I assume that's for me, is it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, um, the idea is that we're looking for the best in-ring performers from 2017, purely based on the matches they've had, the general level of the performance, rather than the level of their push, or or the level of their overall ability. Because there's some guys who are very good, who maybe haven't had a great year, and maybe won't rank so high. So it's very much in the moment.
1: Okay, so I feel like... We should, ju- we should just like start this off. Also, Finn, I want to ask you, because you obviously did the PS50, which I think aged you at some point quite badly because you were, you, you were tearing your hair out every year having to put it together. Um, is it nice for you to be involved in some of this but not have to be the one at the end who puts the 100 together? Absolutely it is, yes. This
2: is all on James. This is his responsibility, <laughs> you yeah. know. I'm just a passenger on this ship. He, he's the one at, at the wheel. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's fun to be involved in something like this because it's, I think 2013 was the last, well, obviously 2013 was the last time I did a PS50 or the team at PowerSlam did the PS50. Uh, and yet it is quite an undertaking. And that was just 50, whereas poor James has got a right 100. So, uh, you know, my hat's off to him for doing that. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're a
1: glutton for punishment,
2: James That's what I say
1: <laughs> So, Ollie, I'm going to come to you first because Yes, please do When I was looking at your, your 20 I, I actually think, no offence to the other guys your, your 20 intrigues me far more than theirs Right? Because you have some really interesting picks in there. And I want to cover one I'm not going to say what number you've put this person But you, there's some that you've put in your top 10 That I think would be quite divisive With people um, And that's Brock Lesnar you put him in the top 10. Now, he's been the Universal Champion since WrestleMania. He's pretty much been the main guy on Raw whenever he's around. Um, you know, the, the match with Goldberg at WrestleMania, the Fatal 4-Way main event at SummerSlam, all that kind of stuff. But I think when you add up all of his televised matches, it adds up to about 45 minutes. So I'm curious as to why, with Brock's sort of, like, limited appearances... Um, why he he was somebody that you wanted to put in your ten?
3: Well, I must uh, explain first off that a lot of my list was just a troll fin, um, <laughs> and number twenty I've got John Cena specifically so we could start off trolling Finn. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, that's been out the uh, that's not gone that way. But yeah, Brock Lesnar. So I approached it. Of course, the criteria was in ring wrestling and performance over the year. I kind of. The thing I love about wrestling isn't just the in-ring element. It's how they make me feel. So I thought at the first I just chucked down 20 names and I was coming to them uh, like quite arbitrarily. This one, you know, like how how they make me feel. This person should be fourth. This person isn't as good as that. So maybe they're seventh. Like, I kind of uh, wrote it down that way. And then I started to realize, oh, wait, no, there's actually a pattern here between the rankings I'm using. And that is how special they are in my mind. And Brock Lesnar really is, to me, one of the most special performers in wrestling right now, particularly because, as you mentioned, he's only had 45 minutes of in-ring time. Uh, And I know that doesn't really tie into ability. Well, I guess not in-ring ability, but you could certainly say he has manufactured that situation for himself through his negotiating ability. And just being such a huge level draw from UFC and WWE in this position at the top of the card, he's carved himself. Plus the WrestleMania 33 match with Goldberg and the SummerSlam main event. like Those are two of my most favorite matches of the year in WWE, particularly that WrestleMania 33 match. Because I was struggling, man. I do not enjoy long shows. And it felt like everything was the same for ages. And then Hardy Boys return. Everything was the same for ages. John Cena, you know, stuff that wasn't wrestling. John Cena proposes, and then you had Goldberg and Lesnar, and it was just chaos for five minutes. And I loved it. But yeah, that's uh, sort of my long, very context full way of saying I like Brock Lesnar, guys. He, he's, he feels special. Come at me. I'm good.
1: I'm am going to come back to you on it because I think there is. So I'm going to come to uh, to Finn. I'm going to come to you first. So the reason Brock is interesting to me is because Brock did not turn up on your list or James's list. So how do, what do you think about Brock and uh, all, he's, all, all he's put in the top ten? That's his kind of argument for why he should be in there. Some people would say, you know, the Braun Strowman match at No Mercy. We we talked about it on the Power Slam podcast. Quick plug there. Um, sure we did, yeah. And it was a, a monumental disappointment. Um, talk about Brock Lesnar and, and maybe contention for the top ten. What do you think?
2: Um, I mean, I'm absolutely in agreement with Ollie. The SummerSlam match was terrific. I mean, that was so hot. Uh, I mean, actually, was that the match where he actually sat out part of the match? Wasn't he, didn't he yes. like, go to the back for part of the match? <laughs> so he didn't even wrestle the complete match. <laughs> maybe that was in his contract, you know. <laughs> it's like, Vince, I'm only doing a maximum of nine minutes anymore and you've got to book me in an angle and I'm going to do a stretcher job and I'll come back out later. So, I mean you know maybe, maybe that's part of the deal, but the SummerSlam match was 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 terrific uh the match with samoa joe um I thought that was pretty damn good as well uh, I felt that he really protected Joe in that match um I mean, I watched the Goldberg match and i i i sorry I just felt it was overrated um it was i mean it, we had the match at Survivor Series 2016, which was, was that the 90-second match? About 90 seconds it lasted? Something yep. like that? Yeah, that's the one. And then we had the exchange in the Royal Rumble, which again was very brief, where uh, um, Goldberg eliminated Lesnar extremely quickly from the match, and then that set up... Um, Goldberg's match with Kevin Owens which again was really short and then that set up the uh, Goldberg-Lesnar match at Wrestlemania so I mean it was definitely better than the previous matches that Goldberg had had um, but I don't really think it was that memorable Um, I suppose it's one of those things where it's all it's all uh, relative to what we previously seen, so I suppose it did seem a lot better. Uh, enjoyed the Summerslam match. Felt that Samoa Joe match was pretty good, but nothing else he's done this year has really stood out for me. Um, I absolutely agree that he is a, he does have a special aura when he really wants to go out there and really wants to try and really wants to uh, earn his huge paychecks, he can certainly perform. But that's the frustrating thing about Lesnar as well, is that sometimes you feel like he's kind of phoning it in. Um, and that was, you know, epitomized by the match with Braun Strowman at no mercy. So he didn't make my top 20, and I absolutely stand by that decision. I still believe that he is a good performer, and when he really wants to deliver, he can. Uh, but the fact that he didn't deliver... Every time or even, you know, as often as he should have done is the reason why he didn't make my top 20.
1: Uh, now, I'm going to come back to you in a second, Ollie, about it. But James, uh, going a little bit off what both of them said, so Ollie's talked about the, the big fight feel that he has. Um, I'm going to I'm going to say with Ollie on the WrestleMania match in the sense of I thought that that five minutes of just you didn't it didn't need to be a 20 minute match. You just wanted five minutes of them beating the crap out of each other. And that's it. Um but the thing with goal, with uh, Brock Lesnar is that in the last 12 months, you know, after the Survivor Series 92nd match, the five-minute match at WrestleMania, the six or nine-minute match with Samoa Joe, um, sat out most of the match at SummerSlam, and then a monumental disappointment with Braun Strowman. Um, from what all he's said, though, has, has that has that changed your mind in any way about maybe looking to include Brock in, in your 20? No.
0: not, not at all. <laughs> Okay, I mean, thanks.
1: Ollie, back to
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we were there at Mania, and the reaction to that match was probably the strongest on the whole show. And it was certainly the most entertaining thing on the show from a pure, you know, enjoyment perspective. You know, it was good fun. Um, but I don't think five minutes of fun is enough to uh, warrant a place in a top 20 in what's been the best, in my opinion, year in wrestling ever in the ring. I, I think there's so much quality everywhere, you know, Japan and NXT in WWE sometimes on the indie scene that for Brock to be in the top 10, I, I think it does a massive disservice to those performers who who are going out there and, and busting a gut every week doing 20, 30 minute matches, you know, routinely. And, you know, Brock's fell into that trap of doing the same match over and over again, just with different opponents. I thought the Joe match was overrated. I thought the build-up was excellent. But then the match itself was a little bit underwhelming compared to what you would maybe expect from a Lesnar-Joe match. It was okay, don't get me wrong. But it wasn't quite what I was hoping for. The Strowman match was an absolute disaster for Strowman. And in terms of the match itself, it was really boring. Um, The way was great, but look, there was three other guys in there who did the lion's share of the work so you can't really give that one to brock that's a shared thing so other than that i mean what's he done he's done a couple of house shows with sheamus and kevin owens i think maybe but no one's seen them so who knows how they were and they were all brief as well so i i think he's lucky to be in the top 50 never mind the top 20 or top 10.
1: harsh harsh critical words um so ollie i'm going to come back to you as we close the Brock Lesnar discussion. Do you have any response to those guys? And I guess if if, if we were if we were you, you know all kind of sitting trying to sell each other on on picks, why would you sell to these guys in spite of what they've said that Brock still deserves to be in the conversation to be in the in the top twenty?
3: Well, I think it really it really depends on how you see wrestling, and the, the arguments both of you have put forward is that it is more of an in-ring work capability standpoint, like how good you are in the ring, the amount of work you put in the ring. I see wrestling more as, uh, a, of course, that is a hugely important part, probably the most important part, but that some people, they, they break out of that, don't they? And they just become such huge players that they can, they don't have to do all that stuff and they still feel like such a big deal. Nothing makes me feel like the way Brock Lesnar does when his music hits, it's like the equivalent of someone going S word, S word just got real, and now he's gonna kick some ass. And it's it's kind of terrifying and exciting at the same time. And I, you know, I I watch my fair bit of New Japan. Apart from I guess, all well, Suzuki's in my list as well. Spoiler, actually, very close to Lesnar. Um, Is you
0: really Minoru Suzuki?
3: Yeah. Oh,
0: let's discuss him as well in a bit then. <laughs>
3: uh, so the... They make me feel a certain way, and it's—I guess—it's more for me based on their overall presentation rather than just what they do in the ring.
1: So there you go. I, I, Brock's one that I struggle with a little bit because I part of the, part of what he's done—I—I—I I, I think there is a conversation to include him, but I think for me, the thing that does kind of take it down is. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything in recent memory in wrestling that I've been more disappointed at than Brock and Braun. Like that, I was so into that, and um, and it, and. But Ollie, I do just want to say you did say the word "ass." This is a family show. I'm going to ask you to refrain from using that word again, please. Um, I, I I I don't allow those kind of words on any podcast that I do. So you know, if you can just keep it clean, I would appreciate it. Up um, next, I of course I'm joking because if you've heard any of my podcasts, I say a lot worse. Um, Okay, so somebody who obviously is is going to be very, very high in pretty much everybody's list is uh, Kazuchika Okada, obviously. So I'm someone who doesn't watch a lot of Japanese wrestling. You guys all, it's fair to say, watch more of it than I do. Um, I'm going to come to each of you. Just explain a little bit why Okada is so high and to maybe people who haven't watched him or haven't checked out enough of his stuff, why maybe they should. Like, what is it about him... That people are just all over raving. I'm going to come to you first, Finn, on Okada.
2: Um, I mean, the thing is, he's the guy. He is the ace of New Japan. Um, I mean, if you look at the list of matches that he's had this year, I mean, it's, I mean, it's hard for me to believe that anyone could top the Mizawa, Kabashi, Kawada trio of like '92 to like '95 when they were at the peak. In all japan pro wrestling uh, but i think this year akada omega and naito may have done that just in terms of match quality they're my sort of three that are, are up there uh, And i mean it's just like everything he does it's just so it's just so perfect it's just there's just tall finesse you have absolute confidence that everything he's going to do is going to be absolutely spot on uh, and he 's timing of everything, and everyone brings up the drop kick, which is and you think, how can a drop kick be such an incredible high spot and it just is when aaka does that drop kick it 's just the most amazing drop kick in wrestling history. it just is, and it 's not that it 's an amazing drop kick, and obviously it is an amazing drop kick it 's the timing of it i mean the guys i mean we often people say oh it 's not about moves in wrestling, and in a sense it isn 't but when the moves are done properly in the context of a match that's as expertly constructed as a card as matches are, then, it, and, and the moves are as over as a card as are, then it, then it is about the moves. And he's just got so many tricks. The bag of tricks is just almost endless. I mean, you look at the, the first Omega match at uh, Wrestle Kingdom was nearly 47 minutes. Then they had the 60-minute draw at Dominion in June. Then they had another match in the G1. I like the three of the best matches of the year, uh, I think by anyone's measure. And you think to yourself, wow, these three guys have put together matches of that caliber, you know, in the space of eight months, uh, all different and all so long and complex. To me, he is like the guy is just an artist. Uh, I want to bring up the match with Shibata which I thought was just absolutely incredible. I mean what a sh- obviously there's far more important things for Shibata the fact that he's that, that you know he suffered that terrible injury in the match from the headbutt apparently it was due to dehydration that was I understand that's the real reason that he collapsed backstage uh, but that match just felt like Shibata's moment where had that not happened he could have become an IWGP heavyweight champion. And that was a match to me where Shibata became the main eventer that everyone knew he could be. And that was while opposing Okada. But you just look down the list of matches that he's had this year that that are just so good with so many people. Um, To me, he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time.
1: Uh, Ollie, anything to add on Okada and, and basically our love fest for him?
3: Yeah, it's going to continue this love fest. And um, you know, everything I said for Brock Lesnar about it being about char- uh, character and presentation overall. Well, Akada, am I allowed to say where he is on my list? Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. He's number one. And he, like, I don't think he really has the best character. Like, if you, if, if you try and describe Akada's character, it's just he's, he's flashy. Um, but he's not even that flashy. It's quite difficult to, to define, but he, he's in ring work, and just the way he gets you so invested in a match within like the first I can not be involved in anything storyline wise. Like two minutes into the match, I already know everything that's going on, not just with him, but with his opponent as well. And when I watched the Wrestle Kingdom match again with Kenny Omega, uh, I was that was when I was in my most Kenny Omega loving phase, and I was like, Omega's the best, yeah, Bullet Club for, 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 for life. But then I watched Okada's match with Suzuki, and that actually is probably my favorite match of the year. And it's just he's so good at selling and he's so good at getting anyone invested in the story he's telling. And just in a as a larger arc to him, the story they've told for him getting beaten down more and more with every title defense. And it makes each challenger that more believable at beating him. Like the amount of people you, you somehow buy in to be in a is incredible. Like the bad luck Farley match as well. Uh, the Shabata match was incredible. That was another one up there. But yeah, just he's, he's something else. And some of the spots, the, um, it's kind of on Omega as well, I guess, but my favorite spot of the year is from the second match where they go where he goes to do the rainmaker and a maker just collapses before the clothesline hits uh yeah he's the best he's the man
1: and that leaves you james uh, anything to add to to that love fest
0: uh, absolutely more of the same i mean i don't think it's a spoiler to say that okada is probably going to top most people's list if they had this conversation you know because nobody in the world does drama like he does it sells in the same way that he does he's a Pristine elite level worker who never puts a foot wrong. I mean, he, his matches like like Ollie said, they tell stories. They're not just spots. Um, they grab the viewer. You get invested in what's happening. You don't need silly creative writing from failed comedy uh, writers telling a story for you. You know, you you just see it all unfold in the ring. It's it feels real. You get invested. Suspension of disbelief. You know complete suspension of disbelief in an Okada match, and as has been discussed, it wasn't just the Omega matches which everyone will talk about, but matches with Elgin, with Kojima, you know, with Shibata and Suzuki, and even even a match with Cody in, in um, America was, was fantastic as well, and I mean, I would personally say that the trilogy with Omega is probably the greatest trilogy ever, um, better than Flair and Steamboat. <laughs> and I, I really do believe that And the, the title reign that Okada's had has been legendary very very Ric Flair like in fact he's, he is the modern day Ric Flair in, in terms of his title reign and his ability to work with a multitude of opponents and make them all look fantastic so it, no I, I have nothing but praise for Okada and I think we're all in the, in the same boat with this probably apart from you Kenny
1: <laughs> yeah he he's not my number one and I know that probably makes me public enemy number one, um, but it's not. It's not that. Trust me, I get what everybody loves, and it's just I'm not a big Japanese wrestling guy. So it, 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 I would be lying to you if I put my number one. I'd be I'd be following the trend of everybody else. But what I would say is that what I want to do when I talk about Kari here is actually talk about talk to other people like me who are primarily, you know, American wrestling or British wrestling aficionados. Um, I think the thing, the thing, with, what I would do if I, if if you've never watched an Okada match, um, I think it's a mistake to jump straight into the Omega matches. I think it's too much of a departure. What I would suggest is go to watch the Cody match first in Long Beach, because I think you kind of get a taste of what he does, and you're kind of still in almost your comfort zone of being around like a Cody, and then go to the Omega matches. And I think when you do that, it, you, you'll be so blown away by by those matches that he's had, and. Um, I'll I'll laugh until my dying days that in TNA he was Samoa Joe's sidekick and ended up in an explosion. (laughs) So,
0: you know. Do you know um, Scott Damore was at a New Japan show last
1: week? Oh, he's (laughs) apologised, didn't he? He apologised to him for how he was treated. Good. Um, James, I want to talk to you about uh, someone who is in your top ten. Not not on, you know, the one, two or three, but in your top ten. Roman Reigns is there. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk to me about Roman Reigns. He's an interesting year. Again, he has had another year where he has big-time matches that uh, deliver. um, You know, one of his biggest career moments of retiring The Undertaker, in inverted commas. Um, You know, maybe the biggest heel number 30 since Rey Mysterio in 2014 um, (laughs) at the Royal Rumble. Uh, Talk about Roman's year and why he uh, made it to your top 10. Because one of the arguments about Roman that's interesting is that as a character a lot of times he's broken not in the Matt Hardy way but like you know most people want to boo him but he's the baby face and he always overcomes everything but he is good in the ring so what made what made him become a part of your top 10?
0: I think he's been the most consistent performer in WWE all year you know I think other than the Undertaker match at Mm, underwhelming you know not wasn't great you know the the rest of his pay-per-view output's been pretty sensational from start to finish i mean he opened the year with that royal rumble match with with kevin owens which was fantastic and um, the feud with Strowman was was great and look you Strowman's good and he's come on very well but he's not putting those matches on on his own you know he's been helped through those by the more experienced guys and and in this case, it was Reigns. Um, his, his matches, like the Muldyman matches that he was part of, were incredible. The five-way at Extreme Rules, the four-way at SummerSlam. Um, the Cena match was okay. You know, it was it was decent. It wasn't amazing, but it was decent. And since, you know, the Shield reformed, he's not hearing as many boos, so it might be turned around for him a little bit on that front. But he's hated because he's pushed. And... It's become the thing to do is boo Roman, just like it was the thing to do to boo Cena, and you know it's it's become a thing that they the fans boo him because they boo him, not because he's bad, and his character is bad, but you know I'm not really bothered about that.
1: But it's interesting. I, I would disagree with you. I don't think people. I, I think there are people who boo him because they, you know, it's the cool. But I don't think it's just. I don't think people boo him just because it's the cool thing to do. He has a he is quite a broken character. You know, when he left the Shield. Um, I mean, can you imagine if Roman Reigns was your friend? How much of an utter disappointment he would be? I mean, like, <laughs> he left the Shield, and he was... I can't say what he was, Ollie. I can't say what he was, but you know what I'm thinking. He was a terrible friend. He was... Uh, he, he, he didn't come to Seth, uh, Dean's aid one time when Dean was getting right. killed by the authority or whatever. Then, but, in, then in 2015, he is the character... Everybody wants Daniel Bryan to, to be the guy to go to WrestleMania. And they push Roman Reigns. It's so bad that they have to change the finish to Roman and Brock because the WrestleMania crowd would not want to see Roman Reigns be victorious. Triple H comes back in 2016 as a heel, and everybody cheers Triple H over over him, and Triple H is married to the the Witch, the Witch of Eastwick. So. There is something I think to to be said about how he'd broken his character is as, as to why people dislike him. I just want to put that right. in there. But, but name me one character
0: in WWE's main roster that's not broken.
1: Um, Stephanie. Right.
0: <laughs> Brock Lesnar.
3: <laughs> Brock. Le- Brock Lesnar though turns. Braun every- Strowman. Kevin Owens.
0: Brock. Kevin Owens is the worst heel in the world. <laughs> He's a terrible heel.
1: Guys, guys 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 we're not gonna, we're not going to we're not going to get into other people just yet but I'm just I'm just putting in a little other thought about uh, about uh, characters. Ollie, I'm going to come to you because Roman Reigns is in my list. He is in James's list. And he's also in Finn's list. And he actually made Oliver He made all of our top 10s. He's not even in your top 20. <gasps> oh. So Oliver Davis, I want you to get on this stand and explain yourself. Why is Roman Reigns not in your list? Sell us why. Maybe we've is it because been... he beat Undertaker, are we... <laughs> <laughs> Don't the, the listen crazy to
3: thing, The crazy thing is, uh, when you said, Roman when you brought up Roman Reigns just now to, to James, I actually thought, oh yeah, Roman Reigns. And honestly, it just did not factor. I, I scrolled through the list of like, the hundreds of names that we were given, I just copy and pasted into my own like little shortlist, which ended up being about 50, the ones that I really liked. And I just didn't think Reigns was not, I guess Reigns wasn't even in my top 50 of wrestlers that I really, really enjoy. And that's not from a an in ring criticism. Me and Luke all the time on WrestleRamble are forever saying that Roman can wrestle. He can wrestle very well. He's very, But I remember when he was a face, I used to get really excited for his spots. I would love the drive by. I would love the Superman punch. But the fact of the matter is he's a failed experiment that's getting worse by the the month. I guess the shield thing is kind of ebbing that hate flow at the moment. But I think it's going to come back with renewed passion once the shield split up. And he's so much for me about wrestling his character and presentation as well as in ring. But uh, I, I I can't, I can't, I don't, I don't like him as a character. I don't, you know, I don't, and that's not like I'm being worked like a heel, always a heel, and I don't like him. It. It's I, I just don't enjoy it when he's on telly. And he hasn't been on telly for the last two weeks because of an unfortunate illness. And I, I, I haven't missed him.
1: Let me play a little bit of devil's advocate here. Um, so someone who did make your list is the, the, the saviour of our lives, Braun Strowman. Mm. Now, do you think Braun Strowman would be in your list if it wasn't for the series of matches with Roman Reigns?
3: That's an interesting point. It was, that was a really good series of matches um, and it was so goofy and comic book fun. Um, but I think, I, I was never really invested in the Roman Reigns side of things. I was invested in Roman Reigns getting beaten up. Like, the, you know, I'm not finished with you is one of the most enduring sh- uh, like phrases of the wrestling year. Uh, but I think that when I think of like my favorite Braun Strowman moments, I think of them as Braun Strowman. You know, it's Braun Strowman versus an ambulance. It's Braun Strowman versus a garbage truck or a wrestling ring that breaks underneath the big show. I don't actually think about Roman. I think about the feud with Brock Lesnar, which did have a disappointing payoff, but it had a really good several month build, uh, especially the Survivor, uh, not Survivor Series, the SummerSlam bit. Uh, so no, I stand by I stand by Braun. Again, that's just, it's a presentation thing for me as well, as an in-ring standpoint.
1: Finn, I'm going to come to you. You've heard all that, you've been holding back, you've abided by our rules to not interrupt each other, but I can feel that you have something to say. So you have Roman in your list, all he's talked about why he didn't make his list, and a lot of it is to... To do with character and to do with it not clicking for him. Um, what do you what do you think about that? What why would you argue that Roman, in spite of that character stuff, should still be in in contention? Uh,
2: well, um, as James pointed out at the beginning of this, uh, you know, in the uh, spirit of the PS50, it is more about the in ring performances and the matches and you know people making things happen. I mean, the PS50 for me was all about the guys. Who made other people better and the guys who made matches. That's what to me it's all about. That's the sign of a, of an, of an outstanding worker It's somebody who can make a match and make the other person better. Uh, and really by all his admission there, it was Roman Reigns who made Braun Strowman uh, into the monster among men in that series. And I think, I think Reigns w- was amazing in that series and a, an, an unsung hero because well, as you said, the character is broken. I believe that to be true with Reigns. Uh, what the whole Reigns-Cena feud showed to me or proved to me, as if we didn't know it already, was Reigns' obvious suitability to play a heel character. So people resent him because of the character. Uh, but I mean... To me, if it's all about matches, I think Reigns deserves a high ranking. I mean, he's been robust this year. I mean, I know he's, he's not on screen at the moment due to an illness, but prior to that, the guy was just like a, he was like a a machine out there. I mean, he was, I think he's a very smooth worker. I think he's, I think when he does things, he'll look very believable. You can't see through his work. Uh, and yes that was a knock at john cena <laughs> and just squeeze the first one in yes uh, so, so so you can't see through his work it, to me it holds water i mean he's a believable performer and i think that's very important especially for a wwe main eventer uh, i think you know the the tighter the work uh, the more impressive it is to me and you don't really hear about Reigns injuring people as well. So it's not like he's going in there and stiffing people or hurting people. Um I think, you know, he does seem like quite a safe guy in there. And everything he does, I think it looks really, really believable, really credible. Um I mean, we mentioned earlier about the um the match with Owens at Royal Rumble, that was really good. Obviously the, the Undertaker match at WrestleMania wasn't, but I'm pinning the blame for that on the Undertaker who, to me, just didn't look like he had much left. I mean, to me, Undertaker wasn't fulfilling his end of the bargain in that match. And there's been a lot of matches that Reigns has had since then, particularly with Strowman. Uh, There was the uh, obviously the SummerSlam match. There was the Extreme Rules match. And just weekly, I think he's been very consistent. Uh, I also want to mention as well, he's he's really handled the boos very well. I did fear at one point that he may crack, but he really seems to have taken, he's taken the heat, you know, he's taken, um, WWE's bad booking, um, and he's not cracking up like, say, Shawn Michaels did in, say, 1996, where he was, during his title reign, there was quite a few episodes with him, uh, having a pop at the fans and just, um, being what would probably be best described as unprofessional. Reigns is a guy who's taken some serious, serious abuse from the audience. I mean, week after week. And, he, you know, I don't know whether it's water off a duck's back for him, but he seems to be dealing with it pretty well. So I want to give him give him props for that as well. But, I mean, overall, to me, he's he's, he's been a real credit to the profession, even though I, I admit that, you know, the character – the character to me, we all know what needs to happen to Reigns. He needs to change. The character needs to change. He needs to be on the other side of the fence. We all know that's not going to happen because Vince sees him as top babyface. So that's the conundrum. You know, you've got a guy who's a really good in-ring performer who's got a character that's not working.
3: So, May I ask two questions based on uh, on the Roman Reigns thing to to my fellow pundits here? Sure, sure. Uh, so if Roman Reigns was heel. Would he be in your top 20? Do do you actually, do you think he's the, you know, like he's in the top 20, if it's all about in ring, in ring wrestling, is Roman Reigns really in the top 20 in ring wrestlers in the whole world? Or do you think there's a contrarian element playing into this?
2: Well, I mean, the thing is you would have to see how he performed as a heel because you would be wrestling differently, wouldn't he? The whole uh, selling and, the whole makeup of a heel's performance is different to a babyface's performance. So that's difficult to say. But I think he would be. Yeah, I think he would be. I think he can play that character uh, in the ring and set the feed the come back, set everything up uh, and make the baby face um, shine the baby face. I mean, he did a really good with, uh, job with Strowman there in making him look good. And, you know, Reigns was the baby face, supposedly, and Strowman was the heel. So, yes, I think so.
0: I mean, he's been a babyface in every pay-per-view match he's had this year. I mean, a heel, sorry. He's been a heel in every one of them. Well, yeah, to... as far as as, far as the audience is concerned, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he's... And, you know, working with, with Strowman and working with Owens and the five-way and with Cena, you know, he's played subtle heel in all of those. So he ha- he's never really played, you know, Hogan-level babyface selling all match and then doing the big comeback, he's, he's not really done that. And I think that's possibly one of the reasons why he's been so good, because he hasn't stuck to convention and formula as such. And I, I think, yeah, absolutely. I think whether he's heel or babyface, he's, he's one of the finest workers in the world.
1: I think one of the things for, for Roman that's interesting is that um, I think that he's miles ahead of where John Cena was at this point of when John Cena was around, because John Cena from day one is, whether all of you got him at number 20 to pop fin or not, um, The <laughs> I think the thing with Cena that's always bothered me is that I don't understand uh, how... And Cena is good at having big matches, but Cena, like, when he puts on that STF, I think it's a disgrace that he's able to put that on. A disgrace. It's so horrible to watch. But with Roman Reigns, he's so crisp at everything, like, and he, just, he knows how to deliver these big-time matches. And I guess the compliment that I would give Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns is in my top ten, and I hate him as a character. <laughs> I detest that guy. Two WrestleManias in a row, I've had to stand there while I've paid thousands of pounds to get there and watch this guy be shoved down my throat in the main event with fireworks and pizzazz when everybody just wants to be be set on fire <laughs> but in spite of that I think in ring he's so good that you kind of forgive it when you you know get home and realize oh, it's okay it's not real I can you know calm down a bit but um it, it, what was the second question Ali
3: sorry they were both kind of lumped into one it was the <laughs> heel part and it was the uh the do you genuinely think he's in the top 20 best in ring workers in the God. world
0: my OCD was going crazy there. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, I should have just not said it sort of yeah, I know. I, I don't, I don't so, I Finn, I'm going to come to you um, with, with somebody in my top ten who's not even on your list. Okay. And I'm going to argue why I think that they should be given at least a consideration to be in it. And that's Braun Strowman. Oh, gosh. Because... No, hear me out. Okay, here's why. Because people will scoff at this. And I'm I'm actually more on Ollie's side about... I think character does have something to do with this more than just in-ring. Braun Strowman in 2017... In 2017, managed to get a good trilogy out of The Big Show. The Big Show. Look how bad The Big Show is now. And Braun Strowman has this ability to... To just get good matches out of him. The series with Roman Reigns. Braun Strowman manages to get the reactions of Roman Reigns away from things. And just you're just mesmerized by the match. And while he might not be like, you know, he's not an Okada and he never could be. But whenever he's in there, he just the matches are so intense and they feel so big. And I think he delivers pretty much all the time. Um, and the other thing I would say is, you know, he has this ability when he works... I think he works. He works as the kind of like in peril, but still remaining a big guy, better than maybe Endy I've seen. Um, so I think Finn, that there's a disservice to not maybe thinking about including Braun. What would you say to me? Would you would? If, am I winning you over in any way to think about Braun? Um, I
2: mean. It- I would say he was definitely top 30. I mean, I'm impressed with what he's done this year. He's improved so much. He's got himself in amazing shape um, and he's and he's learnt so much and you can see that he does get a lot of it. I mean, he's worked with an amazing amount of performers who have helped make him better. So, I mean, I can understand absolutely why you've included him in the top 20. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's a poor performer at all. I mean, I think he is really good at what he does. I just don't think he's top 20 material. Uh, I think this time next year he probably will be. Um, to, to me he just, he just, I, I guess maybe I'm unfairly judging him on the Lesnar match but that really sort of exposed him and to me he just, that was a huge setback in so many ways for him and he just looked like he looked like the guy who was stood next to Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper. He sort of, for a moment there, he just sort of—you just like, hang on a minute, what's happened here? This guy looked amazing against Roman Reigns. He looked amazing um, at SummerSlam. He looked amazing at um, in all these other matches. He's had particularly the big show matches as well. And there he was against Lesnar, and he just kind of looked a bit lost. But I think that's probably unfair of me to 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 judge him in that manner because. I'm putting that down to the layout of the match and probably Lesnar as well. Um, so yeah, I absolutely understand why you've ranked him highly. Uh, I don't, I don't really have any objection to that. Uh, I think there were other people who were artistically better than him, but I absolutely can understand why somebody would rank Braun Strowman highly because he has had a hell of a year. He's been in a lot of really big matches uh and uh to me he's, he's one of the most if not the most improved wrestler in the biz
1: and just to follow up a little bit say the lesnar match had not been the disappointment that it was if he had put in the level of performance that he put in 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 his other big matches do you think that would have swayed him to just make it in for you like it is as the lesnar match been that much of a kind of a
2: well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I say if he was if I did a, if I was to do a top 30, he would make that. So it's just he's just outside the 20. I mean, I'm in agreement with you. He is he is a guy that definitely does merit a high ranking in this top 100. Um But for me, it just wasn't top 20. And yeah, had that match with Lesnar uh, delivered what we all hoped it was going to, I probably he probably would have cracked the F Martin top 20.
1: The F Martin top 20. Uh, James, you've got Braun in your top 20. Um, talk talk about Braun a little bit. I mean, I, I went
0: back and forth on him. Um, I, I just think he has been so incredibly impressive and fun to watch all year. And, you know, considering his experience level as well, I think he's done phenomenally well. Because when he first came on the scene, we all hated him, I'm sure. You know, he was just this big lumbering guy who couldn't really do anything. You know, he just squashed people who were far better than him. And he was just an, another big meathead that Vince loves so much. But then he's obviously taken it upon himself to get better. And now he's very typical of sort of the, the modern-day big guy super worker because there's quite a lot of that going on um, with guys like, you know, Keith Lee or Walter or... Um, you know, Donovan Dijak, big guys who can really, really work rather than big guys who just stand there and be big. You know, and the fact that he could get that trilogy of matches out of Big Show, like he says, was quite incredible because nobody else has been able to do that with Big Show in recent years, um, well, in decades. And he's—I just think he's very, very good. He's had very good matches. Um, the Lesnar match was disappointing, and. I think to judge him based on that is probably unfair. Um, and you know the the handicap match at TLC that he was in that was that was good as well. You know it was a return to form for him. Um, he's been good on TV since, so I'm sure his feud with Kane will ruin it. But he's <laughs> he's been he's been really good, and I think he probably
1: just just warrants a place in the top of twenty. It's funny that you say that because. You say you know the, the Kane feud will probably ruin it. I think we all thought the Big Show feud was going to be like that, and he somehow managed to pull it out of the bag. So um, mm, Big Show got in very good shape. Kane has not. That's tr- listen. Kane Kane's been running for mayor. He's been he's been doing <laughs> a lot of other things. <laughs> what? Who cares? <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, let, let's talk about some Brits because we've we've talked about Okara a little bit. Um, Pete Dunn is someone who. Um, He's made he's made everybody's list, um, but for you, Finn, he made your top ten, and for the rest of you, he was in your top twenty. So, um, Finn, why why did Pete Dunne make your top ten? What was it about Pete Dunne this year that you know just breaks him out of that ten for you?
2: Um I mean it's always tricky really doing these rankings and once you get, I think to me once you get past the top 5 it's like who goes where and why and it's always very difficult I feel to justify why somebody is like you know number say 9 and someone's number 15 uh, especially if they haven't been in the ring with each other or if they're in promotions that do totally different things. Um I mean for me I, I rank Pete Dunne really highly. Um I mean everybody remembers the uh, United Kingdom United Kingdom Championship tournament from beautiful Blackpool in January. <laughs> and uh and to me he was he was even more than Tyler Bitt. he was the star of that tournament because he just he just brought that that real sort of malice. I think he really has such a you know malicious aura about him and that's what you want from a heel. And I think he really sets everyone else up so well. I was watching a four-way match he had in ICW. I think it was the one from was it the Shug's house party? Is that is that the one?
1: Yep, that's the one.
0: Hoos, yeah. Hoos party of course. Shug's Who's party,
2: sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, so watched that match. And he was just so much better than everyone else in the ring. Just so much better. I mean, okay, I think Trent Seven was in that match, and Trent Seven's really good as well. But Pete Dunne just shone. I mean, he just sparkled. I mean, that was his match. Uh, And to me, when you see him in the ring, he's, you know, he, he can just do everything. And he can do everything without, it's like he's not even thinking about it. It just seems so effortless for him. So I think he's a guy that's, I mean, I know this is not based on character, and of course it isn't. But when he's in the ring, his matches, because he really plays it up like almost, almost like an old style heel with a modern in-ring twist, with a modern in-ring flavour. Um He can just do it all as a heel and really make the faces shine. Uh, and by the way, I know he's now teaming up with... Uh, Tyler Bates and is it Trent Seven in uh, in progress or a trio, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, British strong style, Pretty strong style. So, uh, so, but just watching him uh, in the in the UK Championship uh, tournament uh, in January, and then he uh, and it was Tyler Bates, of course, who won that, and then he had the match in May with Tyler Bates, in which he won the belt, and that was incredible as well. And many people believe still. That is WWE's best match of the year. So that's why he's in my top 10, Kenny.
1: There you go. Well, I mean, so that we're not, I'm not going to go. I mean, Pete Dunne's in all of our lists. There's no point in going around him and, you know, that's not really going to get anywhere. But somebody else who is in. So basically, we've got Tyler Bate, who you talked a little bit about there, Finn. Um, Ollie, Tyler has made your list. Finn, Tyler has made your list. But James Dixon, conspicuous by his absence on your list is Tyler Bate. What happened? Why, why Why is he not in your top 20?
0: Um, I think one blow-away match is probably, on, on the big stage, is probably not enough to make the top 20. I mean, that that match with P at TakeOver was, for me, the best WWE match of the year. Like, I'm one of those people who, who does think that. I think it was possibly one of the best WWE matches in many years, in fact. I think it was sensational. And, um, And Tyler's a very, very impressive performer. Uh, Some of the stuff he can do, considering his size, like some of the feats of strength are remarkable. Um, And he's been very good in other promotions as well, especially Progress. But I, I think visibility is perhaps a factor here and compared to someone, you know, like another Brit, say like Marty Scurll, who's been a lot more visible despite tyler being in wwe been a lot more visible in ring of honor and in new japan and and elsewhere and I, i've seen a lot more of marty's great matches than i have of tyler's great matches and that's not to say Tyler's been bad or you know and like finn said earlier it's once you get sort of past the top so many it, it becomes very difficult it becomes very difficult you know next week I may change my mind again as I think about it more. You know, it's not the final, final list for me yet. It's always evolving. Um, But, yeah, it's not a knock on Tyler at all. I think he's a phenomenal talent. I just think he, he peaked. His greatest moment was in January when he won that tournament. And then he did have that one match with Pete. But what else has he done that's really been impressive and blow away?
2: Wasn't watch. he in the? Wasn't he in the final of the Progress uh, Sixteen tournament?
0: He was, yeah, he was. Which was again, and I, I have seen that, and it was it was excellent. But it's any other year for for me personally, Tyler would have been probably in the top ten. But this year has been so remarkable in terms of guys going out there and having these world class matches week after week, literally every week. There's something phenomenal that like any other year would be much of the year whereas it can't come close because of the okada and omega stuff so it's very very difficult in 2017 i think i think we're in the era of the super worker and tyler is a super worker but there's just been personally 20 better super workers than him
1: and while we're while we're just having uh, the conversations you know i like to think of myself as a you know i i like to broaden my horizons now and then with wrestling and all that sort of stuff. But, James, who's Walter? <laughs>
0: so, so, Walter is an Austrian powerhouse who you... primarily wrestles for WXW in Germany. Um, he's really broke under the global stage in the last few months by working for PWG. And, as we all know, working for PWG gets you a lot of press on the internet. And he's had some really Outstanding matches in the in the last couple of months, he had a a great match with a, a Russian guy called Ilya Dragunov in WXW in the final of their fairly prestigious on the indie scene sixteen carat gold tournament. And I, I've talked to people who were in the building that night, and they say it's the greatest match they've ever seen. Um, they may have been swept away by the emotion of it all because you know they'd been there for the whole tournament and probably been drinking, and you know, but. But even watching it back, it is phenomenal. And then he had a match with Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, in in October for PWG, which was just unbelievable. Like I, I've not seen much like it this year that, that comes close to it. It wasn't the best match of the year because it's been such a year, but it was brilliant. And then again, a couple of days ago, as we record this, he had a match with David Starr in London, which was also off the charts. In progress, he's had these matches with Matt Riddle, which have been great, and he's just this big, powerful brute. Very like he's like the Austrian Braun Strowman. To put it in layman's terms
1: for you, Kenny, I'm sold. I'm going to look <laughs> him up when I'm finished. Um, so, Ollie, I'm going to come back to you because you know I'm looking through all your twenties, and I mean a lot of it's we've all got similar people, you know. Uh, but but what I thought was interesting was so. Um, AJ Styles let's talk about AJ Styles because AJ Styles is is barely in James's top 10 he is in his top 10 he's kind of at the bottom end of my top 10 but he's your I'm he's he's very near the top of yours and I think that what's interesting is he had a great start to the year he got that f- fantastic match with uh with John Cena at the Royal Rumble the, the exciting elimination chamber He carried Shane McMahon to a great match at WrestleMania, but he kind of fell off a cliff later on in the year with the Kevin Owens feud and the Baron Corbin feud. He doesn't really seem to have recovered. I mean, he did when he went to Raw for a night and had that great match with Finn Balor. But um, do you you think those those performances did affect it? Because he seems to still be very high for you in spite of having a few months where it maybe wasn't as phenomenal as it had been earlier in the year.
3: I think that's a fair criticism on AJ. It was definitely a lot, lot better in the first four months of the year than he was in sort of the middle part I and mean, hopefully he's coming back up again off the back of the TLC. Uh but yeah, it's I, I think he's, he is he will be a victim of the timeline here because his match with Cena was so good at Royal Rumble, that you know, some people even thought it was as good or maybe better than a Carter versus Omega. I think they were. It wasn't that good. Uh, but I, I've just been, you know, you mentioned earlier, James, about Roman Reigns being the most solid WWE performer. Mm. Uh, but, but I guess that's on pay per view. In terms, if you factor TV into that, I think it's got to be AJ Styles. He's had so many good TV matches against, like, uh, well, against, oh, God, now, well, now I can't remember any. The only <laughs> one that's come into my head is the Randy Orton one, where I think they had two. And they wonderful. The, there was this wonderful spot where AJ jumps up to do the phenomenal forearm. Randy pounces, you know, he strikes, he does the RKO, but AJ just drops back down to the apron. He's like, I scouted that. And it was just, you know, because that's the bit everyone's waiting for, the phenomenal forearm into the RKO. I just, he's so good. He can just, and he makes, all, all the stuff you said about Roman and why he's so high on your list is, is the reason I put AJ so high in mine. He just, everything looks crisp. And even sometimes he makes mistakes. He must make mistakes. But I'm not sure because he makes them look like part of the wrestling. Uh and just what, like Well,
0: what about, think, about that finish though? That
3: they botched the whole finish. That is a good point. Yeah, but then I was like, was that a was that part of the storyline? Yeah, the the whole part the whole thing with Kevin Owens was was bad. Uh, their first match was okay ish. That's when he got tangled up in the commentator desk wires. Uh, but then, yeah, the the referee botches were bad, and that did seem to be on AJ. Yeah, I'm not really fighting my corner very well <laughs> here. I just, I mean, I just
0: he's like... in my, he's in my top ten as well, you know. So I I do rate him
1: highly. No, no, but wait, just... wait a minute. But you you've got him you've got him a lot lower in your top ten than, than than Ollie does, which I because it feels like with with where I've got him and where you've got him that the those kind of duff months have affected it. Because I feel like if he was still, if, sure. if AJ Styles had had the 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 for the rest of the year had been as strong as the first four months, I can't imagine any of us would not have him in the top five. I can't. I agree, imagine.
0: but it goes back to what we we're saying about Tyler. Ty, I think Tyler's been great this year, and he's not in my top twenty. So that should tell you how good I think AJ's been in general. So for all, yeah, the Owens matches have took a sheen off him, and so and the Baron Corbin matches. I mean, Christ, but. <laughs> Otherwise, and like you say, Ollie, on TV, he has been very good. Consistent on TV for sure, but overall, bigger picture, including everything, I think he's just been a step slightly,
3: slightly below Roman. Not all the Baron Corbin matches were bad. That three-wave tie Dillinger was very good, I thought. Well, was it? Oh, or I is... really enjoyed it. Yeah, there were a few there was a few really nice spots there. I can't get the bit where uh, AJ did the Pele kick on Ty, who fell onto an unconscious Baron Corbin and made the pin. Yeah, I really enjoyed that match. It was a lot of
1: fun. Ollie, I'm with you. I think, I think when Baron Corbin's in those kind of multi-matches and he's got people around him, like, he could be okay. I mean, I'm not going to say he's... I mean, I'd be, he's not in the rest of top 100, but, you know, he's fine. Um, Finn, sharp, James. Finn, it's, I'm coming back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Finn, I'm coming back to you because there's something you've got on your list that none of us have on our list. And when I saw it, I was like, oh... And I was kind of because th- the person I'm about to mention, there is no doubt that they are a phenomenal wrestler and that they, you know, are, are, are one of the best in the world. And it was only after I saw that you had them on the list, I'm kind of thinking about the matches they had, and I was like, wait, they, they have been involved in a fair few good ones. Cesaro is in your list. He's in your top 20. What made Cesaro make it in for you in 2017? Uh, can I just say, Ollie, that
2: Tyler Bate still only 20 years of age?
3: Big. Really? Is it?
2: Is he only? Was he only 19 <laughs> when he had that match? <laughs> he was. Uh, but as for Cesaro, yeah, I just think he's. I just think he's a really good performer. He's. He's a guy that he had. Some, I really enjoyed the match they had uh, with the Hardys. Sheamus and Cesaro had with the Hardys. I think some of the stuff with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. I, I really feel like Cesaro was just the machinery that made those matches work. Rollins and Ambrose. It just seemed like they were just there. You know, he's clocking in the cards, you know, collecting the paycheck. He's like, is it over yet? Can we go home? And he just, to me, felt like Cesaro was just the guy who just made those matches as good as they were. So I absolutely uh, agree with others that he's not had. I mean, I know one's I don't realize no one's actually said this yet. But the fact you haven't uh, included him in the top 20 speaks volumes. I realize that Cesaro has not been this guy who's been a prominent figure, not as prominent as others this year because he's mostly been in the team of Shamers, But I just think he's been a, a really, um, really reliable performer who has always made everything that he's in uh, as good as it can be or, or better than you thought it might be. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm a fan of his. Uh, I don't think he's going to go much further than this in WWE. Uh, but I, I think he's accepted that now and I think he's happy being in the position that he's in, uh, I think he's a guy who, who could have done more. But you could say that about a lot of people in WWE.
1: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Would would Finn's endorsement there of his good pal Antonio uh, uh, make you change your mind, maybe?
3: He was just out. He was on my shortlist. He was like the three that I was, you know, it was like, do I put John Cena in just to annoy Finn? Or do I, you know, do I put Cesaro in? Uh, Yeah, but Cesaro's probably maybe number 20, 20. 20.5 for me. He's so good. He's so good. And he's such a fun... It's just so reliable. When I see that Cesaro's in a singles match on Raw, I get excited. You know, like sometimes they're out of nowhere. They'll just say, "Oh, and tonight we've got Finn Balor versus Cesaro." I mean, like, okay, this is good now. This is a good episode of Raw. And they, you know, he always delivers in those TV matches. His tag stuff has been very good. Uh, it, that SummerSlam match, I, I feel like everyone was still in the in the back of their minds going, "Yeah, but the Usos are new day." On the pre-show was better it wasn't until cesaro ripped that beach ball which was you know it's one of those beautiful moments in specifically in wwe because everything feels so regimented and pre-planned where it was a moment of realness a moment of spontaneity so you know he, he gets it for that and then in the next match which ended up being just as good was another like spontaneous moment by cesaro not as thought out in a head or planned because he smashed his you know, when he smashed his teeth into the turnbuckle. But that sight of blood really did ramp up the match, like a starring quality.
1: Uh yeah, yeah, he's great.
3: I, yeah, he just missed out for me
1: though. Uh James, Cesaro, any quick thoughts on him before we move on?
0: Yeah, I mean I I obviously do rate him very highly and I think um a couple of years ago he'd have been a top ten kind of guy as well, when he was having those great matches with Cena every week and you know, with, with other guys every week. But I didn't enjoy the Hardys program at all. I thought the cage match was really overrated um, because I think it made no sense at all, the rules, and the way they they structured it. And I've seen tag team cage matches held under those rules that have made sense, so it's not an excuse that it's the booking. Um, I thought the Iron Man match was boring for 20 minutes. Very little happened. The, the last 10 minutes were great. I thought the 20 minutes that preceded it were really dull. Um, so for me, that's probably why he just misses out. And it is just misses out on the top 20.
1: Uh, James, I want to stick with you. Um, talk a little bit about, with the WrestleTop 100, how um, we're going to be handling uh, like tag teams.
0: I, I've gone back and forth on this. Um, it depends on the tag team, really. Uh, so if it was a tag team like the Hart Foundation... To show, to show my age here there's obviously a big difference between Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart however when it comes to like the Usos there's not really a great deal of difference between either of them and they've been mostly involved in the same things they've had the odd singles TV match but none of them have anything to particularly write home about so I think they need to be ranked together um, and I assume you're asking me this because I've ranked the Young Bucks as a team
1: I was going to bring up Matt and Nick yes so, right. so, so you, so you, you've got the young bucks in your, in your top twenty. Now, I'm not going to tell you who, but one of your other counterparts here has not got the young bucks in his twenty whatsoever. <laughs> and we're going to get to that in a moment. But talk to me about the young bucks, about why they should be in the top twenty. Plead their case.
0: Um, it's hard to plead their case for people who don't like them already, because I can understand completely why people might not like them, because they don't really take wrestling seriously Um, they do a lot of very silly things designed to pop Dave Meltzer um, and designed to pop 400 people in California and sometimes it can be a little bit much and I get that but I've also seen them have countless fantastic matches with all manner of opponents Uh, some opponents who are nowhere near their level and they've carried them to a much higher level And they're just the machines, you know, like they work an incredibly tough schedule on fighting on three fronts with Ring of Honor, PWG and New Japan. They're they're very busy. They always work to a high standard. They always try and steal a show. Uh, And I in terms of ranking them together, there's there's some differences between the two, but not enough where I feel it'd be right to to separate them particularly. They are very much a package.
1: Do you think on paper for the Young Bucks that, like... Because it feels like what they do is almost like a greatest hits tour, sometimes. Yes, sometimes. Of other things. But for whatever reason, like... It's almost like, you know... Like, if a film is really, really successful, and you kind of go... I mean, on the surface, I maybe shouldn't enjoy this, but I really do. Is that, like... With with the Young Bucks... did you always like them, or did did they did you have to kind of get used to their style and what they did before you kind of came around to them
0: yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely the latter you know i there was a point where I thought they were killing wrestling every week, um and there was a point where they were, but I think they've developed a lot, and like I say, they're capable of having these great great matches now they they can tell stories as well as just do silly things. It depends on their audience, you know they're nowhere near as silly in Japan as they are in PWG. And PWG is very much their home promotion. It's where they built their names, really. So they, they have a little bit more leeway to, to do whatever they want there. And the fans eat it up there. They love silly things. I mean, they're like Joey Ryan, so he tells you everything. <laughs> Good <girl>. um, <laughs> he, He's not in 100. <laughs> um, spoiler. But, yeah, I, they, they do take some getting used to, and I think if you're somebody like Jim Carnest, you will never like the Young Bucks. But... I think at the same time, they represent the evolution of pro wrestling in 2017. So I think they're a, definitely a viable top 20 candidate.
1: I'm going to now turn to the gentleman who has not got the Young Bucks on his list. Finn Martin, the Young Bucks didn't make your list. Why Why did they not cut it for you?
2: Um, I, I'm just... I, I don't really have a huge amount of interest in the Young Bucks at the moment. I just sort of feel like... Uh, There are other people I would rather watch. And as you can see, there are other people that I would rather rank in my top 20. Uh, I I absolutely acknowledge that they're very athletic and they do all these amazing stunts and sports and things like that. But I I just I think it's more that sort of thing where you go through a a phase uh, as a wrestling fan and there'll be things or characters or acts or styles that you'll really enjoy. And there'll be Things or styles or acts or characters that you want. And the Young Bucks right now are in my not-interested uh, container. I'm just I'm just not really interested in watching them, Kenny. So uh, I, I have watched very little of them this year,
1: uh, and that's why they're not on my list. Do you know what's funny? I, am, I never really got the Young Bucks. I never really got what they were about, and I, I tried watching some of their stuff, and I, I just couldn't get it. And then they came to a show run by you know the worst people on the planet um, earlier on this year um that i was working for and um they they did this they did a match and i was standing watching it and at the end of the match i was like i get it now i told i i, I needed to be in the environment with them to start really getting into what they were doing and and they, they're they in my 20s so i guess um different strokes for different folks. Ollie, I'm going to come back to you, because whether you put it in here for to troll us or not, um, I'm going to make you... Uh, well, not make you, you don't have to, but just for the purposes of the chat, it would be nice if you did. Um, plead why John Cena should make the top 20, because John Cena is not on the top 20 of Finlay Martin. He is not on the top 20 of Mr. Dixon, and he is certainly not... On my top 20, but he's on yours, so you now need to fight his case. We're all going to sit back and relax. Go ahead. Mm.
3: Well, uh, you know, the, it was in there mostly as jest, but I do kind of stand by him being in the number 20. He's at number 20, so he's just edging in. Uh, his promo ability is the best in WWE. He's so quick on his feet, thinking of stuff, and he can have really good matches. When he wants to, the the AJ Styles match, of course, right at the start of the year in January for Rumble, uh, like it or not, he did have a WrestleMania moment uh, proposing to his wife. That was one of the more memorable parts of
1: the uh, the ultimate thrill ride. Can I can I um, can I pause you there just on one thing? Just I just mm-hmm. want to, if can we use an engagement post match as part of someone being the top twenty of a wrestling list?
3: Well, like, you know, Randy Savage and the Liz angle, when they, uh, when they got back together, was it after the Warrior match? Like, yes. That, that would, you know, that would kind of play into my end of year thoughts for Randy Savage that year. Fair point. Uh, so, you, you, I, I, would, you, you know, like, this is probably the difference between me and, uh, everyone else on this panel, is that I, I do factor in the, the stuff that goes on outside the ring as well. Uh, he's, He's a great face of the company. There's something something weirds happened because uh, I I think it was the United States Open Challenge because I hated seeing that for so long. I would have screaming matches with ten year old kids, at Raw House shows, uh, <laughs> but back in the day. But so yeah, I do. I really like having him around now. I thought the Shinsuke Nakamura match he had was you know just pretty good, but terribly promoted and given away that uh, the Rusev match was bad uh, I didn't enjoy that one it was kind of bonkers that it kind of had a, a weird fun element to it I think you know he is still the biggest draw in wrestling so you can't it's hard not to factor that in
1: James I'm going to come over to you as Finn is frothing probably at the <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> no, we're 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 basically building to the finish which is Finn yeah. on Cena you don't, you don't finish any other way um, James I, the one I was gonna, I wanted to say there I didn't mean when I came in about the engagement thing to, to sort of like say that, that stuff can't be I guess the difference for me is that I thought that the Randy Savage Warrior match was Warrior's best match of his career and a great match and I thought yeah. the next yeah. tag was terrible um, because you had this program where the Miz and and Maurice had done a stellar job of you know imitating Cena and Nikki, you know Miz, Miz is standing there dressed in the full Cena gear, going Nikki <laughs> Nikki, please get my dinner, and, you, and uh, this is House Rule Forty Seven, <laughs> and it was those cue cards as well, the cue yeah, and it was like he, he had to <laughs> he had to read I love you off a cue card or or whatever it would be. And the thing that was so funny is he nailed Cena more than anybody else ever has. But then you get to the match, and I walked out of that match, you know, because I'm not going to lie. Do you know who's on my list that he's not on either of your lists? And, and he's in the list not for wrestling ability really that much? The Miz is in my list. Mm. And he's made it because I'm kind of like you, Ollie, where I kind of go, no, do you know what character... Character's what works for me as well. And, um, and I think The Miz has been bang on. But, you know, I'm sure somebody could just try to make me fight his in-ring corner and probably fall apart and cry. But The Miz did this great job leading up to WrestleMania, and John Cena treated that like a SmackDown house show. And there was nothing in it. So for me, that's the only reason why the engagement for me just was like, it followed just a crap match for me. But anyway, James, John Cena didn't make your list either, but all he's pleaded his case on why he thinks Cena should maybe still make that top 20. What say you? Well, first of all, how dare you compare that to Randy Savage and Liz. <laughs> it
3: was better. You're right. I'm sorry. The look, Cena one was we'll, much better.
0: This, this no cursing rule might go out the window. <laughs> um, now, look, I thought the, the build-up to that match was great. Um, and I love Total Divas. I think it's fantastic, Telly. Um, and like you, Ollie, I, have, I used to despise John Cena. Um, and the US Open Challenge turned it around for me, too. I started to appreciate, to a point, his work. And and certainly look forward to seeing him more than than I ever would have previously. And I think his match with AJ at the Rumble was the, probably the best main roster WWE match of the year. Maybe that or the SummerSlam far away. But what else has he done? You know, okay, he was in the Elimination Chamber match, which was decent. It was good. But he's a sixth of that. WrestleMania was a disaster. Um, matches with Rusev, with ba- especially with Baron Corbin, was just terrible. He didn't care. Like he, he was. F- I've never seen him phone it in as bad as he did in that. And even the Reigns match was underwhelming. So, you know, there's mileage left in him for sure. And I, I think he's great. I, I am entertained by him these days. But I just think this year, absolutely no way is he a top twenty guy. You know that year when he was doing the U.S. T- challenge, I think even Finn would have had to rank him in the PS50. i will just poked <laughs> the bear a little we'll bit as we, go, as we go on here. <laughs> uh, so yeah, feel feel free to um to argue that point, Finn.
2: <laughs> well, well, we're not talking about was that 2015,
0: 14, or 16? I think. Um, yeah. I think it was 15. What what did he do last year at Mania? Was he, he missed Mania. He was, in, he? he
1: was injured and he came back and helped The Rock kill Yeah, the so the US
0: challenge would have been the year before because he got injured in the middle of it and dropped it to Del Rio.
2: That's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about this year. Um, I mean, obviously, he's not in my top 20. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm I not a fan of Cena. Everyone knows that. And. <laughs> It's like, the, I mean, he had the match with Styles and everyone saying how great it was, but he returned prior to that match and uh, really uh, was very uncomplimentary towards Styles on promos. And I remember in the run-up to the Royal Rumble, I was so moved by Cena's really disparaging remarks about Styles. I was moved to write something on the site about it. And my conclusion was that Styles had to win that match at the Raw Rumble. Um, Otherwise, it would be devastating for his career. And he didn't win that match. And instead, Cena did this really limp promo on SmackDown two nights later saying, oh, yeah, I was wrong about AJ Styles. He's actually pretty good. And then it was like normal service resumed. Uh, and oh, let's move on to the next programme, which actually turns out was Elimination Chamber. Uh, and then Cena was in there with Styles again, and they basically raced through all the spots that they'd done in the Raw Rumble, only at top speed. And it just looked like, and it was just like, wow, we've just seen all this Raw Rumble. Um, and people really enjoyed it there. And now you're racing through the same spots and it almost felt like as just somebody said earlier, I think it was Kenny, the greatest hits to her. We've been here before. Uh, let's do it again, but let's just do it. Let's just do it in a way that's not as good as it was the first time. Um, so Cena then had the match, the mixed tag match at WrestleMania with uh, Nikki Bella versus Miz and Maurice, And this is something you brought up before on our podcast, Kenny, uh, where Cena in a promo just basically said in a real sort of blasé way uh, that he wished uh, he could have wrestled The Undertaker at WrestleMania uh, and instead I'm stuck with you. And it was just like such a burial of Miz. It was like going back to 2011 all over again when he just made the Miz look like garbage at WrestleMania and then at the following pay-per-view, which I think was Extreme Rules. Uh, and also, remember the match at, um, could have been Judgment Day pay-per-view and the other match, uh, and it was Miz versus Cena with Alex Riley. And Miz and Riley basically beat Cena up the entire match for about 20 minutes. And then Cena made this Superman comeback and beat Miz with the worst ever no pressure STF and just made Miz look like just like, just like, like a total nobody. So it just almost felt like a flashback to 2011 when he, you know, buried the Miz there. Then he disappears, comes back with someone, uh, James has mentioned the Rusev match. Almost felt to me like he was mocking the business Cena. Like as if he was just deliberately trying to make it look as fake as possible. And I, I just found that match offensive. I thought the uh, match with Corbyn could have been worse, uh, if that was possible. Uh I felt the Reigns match at No Mercy was was pretty good. Uh he put Reigns over. Uh also want to acknowledge the match with Nakamura. He put Nakamura over there, although that didn't really end up meaning anything since Nakamura ended up losing to Jinder Mahal, but that's another story entirely. So for me, seen as not a top twenty guy, uh he's had more misses than hits this year. Um but I mean I think I've I feel feel like I have warm to him as a character uh, compared to what I used to think of him just simply because he's there now. He's putting people over. I think sometimes he does it reluctantly and he does it in a way that doesn't really achieve the objective. But he is losing. He is there to do uh, to serve a purpose and to try to make things better in his absence. So I've certainly warmed to him as a character um, and and really as, I don't know whether as a performer, but certainly in terms of what he brings to WWE now when he's just passing through, I think he's he does contribute something. I think he could contribute a lot more. And it's all really based upon whether or not he respects the guys in the ring with. And that was very evident with Corbin. I mean, he made that so clear that he didn't respect Corbin at all. And that was a real shame for Baron Corbin. You know, he won the briefcase. And it was just like, it was just a burial by Cena. Like a classic Cena burial, that was to me. Um, And I really feel like AJ Styles uh, and uh, Ty Dillinger uh, did a great job with Corbin in that triple threat match. And I want to also give credit to Styles as well for putting Corbin over two nights later on SmackDown Live. So that... Kind of went some way to repairing the damage inflicted by Cena, but sadly that's all been done, uh, undone over the last three weeks by Baron Corbin's three consecutive losses or three consecutive uh, non finishes with Sin Cara. So we're kind of back to where we started from there.
1: So hopefully that's answered your question. (laughs) It's funny that you, it's funny, like I feel like. Ollie, when you first mentioned Cena being 20, I was kind of well, you know, there is an argument. And then the more, the more I hear the other arguments, I'm like, oh my God. Because I think what's interesting about Cena this year that is worth bringing up to the conversation is that it's been a very interesting political year for Cena because he kicks off the year in what I think is one of his better programs he's ever been in with AJ Styles. Um, and then all of a sudden, he does the, 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 the mixed tag at WrestleMania that he doesn't want to be doing, but he's doing it for Nikki. Um... And then he just kind of seems to go in a huff for the rest of the year. Like, he's in a huff that he has to fight Rusev at Battleground. He's in a huff that he has to face Baron Corbin at SummerSlam. And then they make him open the show. He's in a bigger huff. And then he does the... And then he was on... It's funny, he was on the Edging Christian podcast not too long ago. And it was in the build-up to the Roman Reigns match. And he said, you know, for me, the most important thing is story. Like, can you find something? Because... What he says is not what is reflected upon when he works, and it, it just seems like he has phoned in this year more than he ever has before, but um, the the AJ match at Rumble was tremendous. As we kind of wind down here, there's two questions I've got left for you guys. Um, the first one is, you know, we look at all of our 20s, and in WWE, the WWE champion right now is Jinder Mahal, the Ring of Honor champion right now is Cody. And neither of those guys are making any of your lists, so I just want to kind of very quickly, uh, kind of quick fire, come to each of you and ask, you know, why do you think? What does it say about uh, wrestling today that the the Ring of Honor champion, the WWE champion, neither of them are on anyone's list out of the three of you? So, uh, Ollie, I'm going to come to you first. Gender and Cody was there ever a uh, an inclination? I'm, I, I'll be shocked if gender was, but was there?
3: that's an in, that's an interesting one because they're both very different cases uh Jinder may hall uh just yeah i mean we we all know what's gone wrong there it's quite transparent and cynical what their 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 intentions to expand in india although they 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 want to, but then they're kind of undermining it all the time, like they hate that they have to expand, but they're trying to expand at the same time it's It's a weird self harming process that w w e are going through there uh, but Cody is a really interesting one because I think the world of him as a performer, like, like, just fair play to him for, you know, putting in his release. And remember when he tweeted that list of all the things he wanted to do? I mean, I don't know if he's done all of them, but he's certainly done a lot of them. Uh, and it's, it's, I don't, I never walk away going like, wow, that was a great promo. Like, all time, like, or oh, wow, I really enjoyed that match. But I really like Cody I, and I really like his act. He's got going, you know, the kiss, the ring. I think he's 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 a really good champion, but I don't think he's a draw, if that makes sense. Uh Yeah, that's that's. So, yeah. What's it say about wrestling today? I guess. Um Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's that it, you, you need, the, I guess, champions don't draw anymore. But Brock Lesnar does and Akada does.
1: And they're in your <laughs> list, so that's what counts. Um Fenn, I'm coming to you. Gender and Cody, they're they're you prominent champions in wrestling, but they're not on your list. Um what do you think that means and were were either of them well actually, I mean I I'm sure gender was like what, twenty one on your list? <laughs> <laughs> that's right, yes, number
2: twenty one, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny. So Finn and I, you know, Finn sends his list over to me, and he puts number twenty-one, Gender Mahal. But he makes sure because he, you know I could screenshot that forever, right? From Finn Martin, twenty-one, Gender <laughs> Mahal. But he knows me well enough to know that he has to put in brackets right beside it. This is a joke.
2: <laughs> I should have, I should have put John Seymour number twenty, shouldn't I? Just uh, <laughs> and then I wouldn't have gone on that
1: obnoxious rant. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, mean, uh, yeah, I mean, gender, I mean, gender. Obviously, n- nobody's really going to put him on the list. But say Cody, like, was, was Cody ever in kind of consideration for you? And on on your list, like, would he be top fifty? Would he be top thirty? Where would Cody be? Because he has improved a lot.
2: Um, I think he would certainly be in the top fifty, um, and maybe top forty. Um, I mean, he's a guy that, as Ollie just said, he's somebody that just went out there and said, you know what, I've had enough of of clocking in and clocking out and playing this character that I don't want to play and working in six minute routine matches uh, on house shows and going nowhere. Uh, I want to take my career in my own hands and see what I can do and prove WWE that they dropped the ball with me and didn't utilize me correctly. Uh, And I think he's definitely done that to some extent. Uh, I mean, everyone talks about, I think, um, it was James earlier who mentioned the, uh, Cody Okada match and he really showed so much in that. I mean, some yeah. of that would have been Okada, of course, because we know Okada is like the greatest things in sliced bread. Um, but I mean, he's, he's a guy that at times when you watch him, he sort of needs to be in there with the right opponent for it to really dazzle. You know, I feel that he's a guy that does need assistance to really become that guy you know really sparkle he's not somebody that can really make somebody who's inferior a hell of a lot better or and that's the the true sign of a, of a tremendous worker just want to mention just one thing about kenny omega he had a match with juice robinson in the g1 this year uh, and to me juice robinson's a guy who's who's not he's he's, he's not he's pretty good but he's a guy that's not a ob- Obviously top 20 material. And Kenny just made Juice Robinson look so good in that match. Uh, And it was just to me one of those matches where you've got a guy, Kenny Omega, who's just so good that he can make this guy who's nowhere near as good as him look so much better. So Cody's Mm. not quite at that level. I don't know whether he ever will be at that level because he's been doing this for a long time. Uh, But, you know, maybe he will be. Maybe he'll continue to improve. I hope so.
1: James, uh, for you, I mean, gender.
0: I mean, he's, he's... yeah, gender's gender, but I mean, Cody. I, I think he he definitely has a presence about him still, which is rare when people leave WWE that they retain that. You know, it usually he feels like
1: a bigger star now than he did. But when he was there,
0: he is, he is a bigger star now than when he was there because he's worked everywhere and he's done everything and he's you know aligned himself with the right people with in Bullet Club and he's become a merchandise shifting phenomenon you know but he's he has had good matches it took him a while i think on the indie scene and you know we we've watched him on the indie scene since day one you know really and um i remember he he
1: had he had that match for wcpw in manchester with kurt angle and it wasn't it wasn't i mean i'm not gonna lie and say it was match of the year but i was watching that match in the arena and i was thinking this this could be on a wrestlemania and it oh, would, it was it, excellent. And it would not look out of place. And you just think, well, if that's how you can... If that's how you are on a an indie show... I mean, I'll be honest, Cody is on my top 20. Um, he, yeah, I mean, he, he, he is, cause... I
0: wouldn't disagree with you and your reasons for putting him on there. He carries himself like a champion. He acts like a champion. He's, he carries himself with a presence and an aura. Um, he is capable of very good matches, but... It took him a while to get that WWE style away, you know, to get rid of that and to become more contemporary in the in his work. Mm-hmm. And he has done that over time. I mean, I, I know Finn mentioned the Juice Robinson match there, and, and Cody worked with Juice in Japan this year, and it was nowhere near the same, the same level as the Omega match.
2: Yeah, um, I remember that match.
0: Yeah, you know, I think it was it was a Wrestle Kingdom, right? And that's right, yeah. And um, it was a, it was very average. But since then, Cody has improved. He, does, he doesn't He does always have great matches if, as Finn says, the opponent's not right. So the Minoru Suzuki match was very underwhelming recently in Ring of Honor. But he is capable of it. And the more and more he finds his feet with the, the indie style, so to speak, and the better he becomes. And I, I think he is a contender for maybe the 30, definitely the 40. I think he's very good. And in terms of what it means for the belts...
1: Well, belts haven't meant anything for a long time outside of sort of New Japan, really. There you go. Well, I'm, I'm, We're going to talk about one more person, and then I'm going to come around all of you, and I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this at a left field. I've not told you I'm going to do it. I want you to think of somebody who maybe hasn't had the best year overall, so you couldn't put them in the top 20, but just as a performer when they get in there, they're they a top 20 level performer, and they're wrestling today. But before we do that... Um, some Back to Britain, Will Osprey is someone who's on all of our lists, and uh, I just want to say my thing with, with Osprey first is, because I've worked with him, he's great, and um, I remember watching the, the, the big match that he had with Ricochet that everyone was talking about, and it wasn't really for me, like, I just couldn't, I couldn't invest in it for whatever reason, and I, I, I think both the guys are great wrestlers, um, but one of the matches that Will had that I just loved was in WCPW, he worked with Drew Galloway. And he had a completely different kind of match than he had would have with Ricochet and else. And when he had that match with Drew, I just thought, you literally can do anything. You can do any kind of match. You're not a guy who has to be with a certain kind of wrestler to have a good match. He he can adapt to anything. You know, in the middle of a match with Ricochet, the top rope breaks, and he him and Ricochet are able to still have a great match without a top rope. So for me, I mean that 's just a couple of examples why I think he 's just excellent, um, ollie back to you, will Ospreay, talk about his two thousand and seventeen a little bit and why he 's in your list
3: yeah well will 's great uh, it 's it's really the year for me where I and mean, he had it a bit last year, but I, I remember watching him come through progress uh, when he was when he worked his way through there, I think like the last I, I watched every, I was there for every chapter up until about 2021. 20, it was the one where he like did the flip off the, off the balcony, the moonsault off the balcony. And I always loved his work, like he's in ring work, but I just felt like there was a character thing missing. And it wasn't until this year, seeing stuff in WCPW and these stuff in New Japan, the best of the super juniors again, I can't remember. Was it against Kashida or Takahashi? Kushida. Uh, Kushida. Yeah. It was just phenomenal. Uh and I just think he's 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 now completely got down a character that can be both baby face or heel depending on which aspects of it he enhances. So yeah, I I think he's had a a great year. Not as good as last year, I don't think. Uh because he was you know, that was just such a huge breakout year off the back of the ricochet match. But he's just so good and he's only gonna get better, I think.
1: Finn, over to you on Mr. Ospreay. Yeah, I was talking to
2: James about the uh, the match with uh, Drew Galloway yesterday. We had a conversation about it and um, and I was sort of in two minds about Will Ospreay. And I've, let's just say I've watched a lot of Will's matches over the last few days. Uh, so, yeah, he made my list. Uh, I mean, he's really good. He's amazing. He can do all sorts of different things in there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just really seconding what Ollie was saying there. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that can do, that's not, I mean, he had that reputation, didn't he? This was really, really stemmed from the, um, the match he had with Ricochet in the, uh, best of the Super Junior match, Junior tournament of 2016 it was the one that was it the one that vader trashed yeah yeah yeah. that was the one right yeah 2016 so he sort of had this reputation everyone weighed in didn't they on on the ricochet versus will osprey match these guys don't know psychology it's just all flips and all this other stuff and um and i think he took that on board and i'm not necessarily saying that that match with ricochet was what the detractor said it was but I feel that he took a lot of that on board and really has strived to improve as an all-round performer, and I think that's been evident throughout 2017. Um, so yeah, I'm a fan. I think I think he's, um, I, I think he's really good, and uh, I'm excited to see what he does next. I know he had a lot of problems with concussions. We haven't been hearing about that so much recently, from what I understand. Is that right?
0: Yeah, he's been you know, he's been okay. I think he's in a lot of pain, generally with his back and shoulder, but he's. He's mostly okay, yeah.
2: Oh, because there was a, I think he was having, he had like a lot of concussions and stuff in a short period of time. And from what I understand, he did, he was inclined to talk about it publicly, which most wrestlers don't. So it then became probably a bigger story than it was. Uh, maybe it's because he's not talking about it as much now. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I absolutely wish him all the best. And, um, yeah, hope he, uh, hope he slowly modifies his style as he gets older and takes fewer risks. Uh, almost like a, you know, a Shawn Michaels when he came back in 2002. He mastered the art of doing that where he changed his style and made it more applicable to somebody who was slightly older. So hopefully Will will do that.
1: James, over to you about Will.
0: I mean, I actually disagree with, with Oli. I think he's been even better this year. Um, cause I think he's added different layers to his, both his character, but also his, his ring work. You know, I've, I've seen him add selling, um, to a very high level, um, compared to last year where he was far more spot orientated and he still absolutely does a ton of spots, but there's a lot more logic to the order of them now. And I've, I've seen him live a lot this year and, you know The match he had with Rey Mysterio in, over here, was, it was like going back in time to Nitro in 1996. It was phenomenal. Like, it's the best match I've seen Rey have in a decade. And a night later, he had an even better match with a Canadian guy called Mike Bailey, which was just probably the best match I've seen all year in, in person. Um, and like you, Kenny, I love the match he had with Drew. It showed a completely different side to Will. Um, I know that Will personally ranks that in his top five matches, you know, because it was he was very happy about being able to get the chance to do a match where people got to see another side of him and got to see that he could do more than just the spots. And then, you know, he's had a sensational series with Kushida as well all year around the world and more good matches with Ricochet. And he's he genuinely is my favorite wrestler to watch in the world. And I think he's very representative of what modern
1: wrestling has become. There you go. My favourite wrestler to watch is Braun Strowman because he can <laughs> escape from garbage trucks unscathed and <laughs> jump jump over cars to attack people. So, Will, when well, you can come out of a garbage truck, pal, come and see me. I'm kidding. I love you. Um, so, to finish off, um, let's talk about, is there anybody who, you know, in terms of how good they are, you would love to put them in the top 20, but they've just maybe not had enough of a chance to show it this year. So I'll go first. Mine would be Sami Zayn. I'm a big Sami Zayn fan. I think he's great. But he's just had a year where he's not really been in any programs that have been of any merit. Um, You know, at WrestleMania he was stuck in the Battle Royal. Um, And I think the new heel turn is going to help him and you know, I've enjoyed his matches with Orton he's had so far. But um, he's just a guy that's just not really had the chance to do anything. So, um, you know, I couldn't even think about putting him on the list but in terms of level of performer he's definitely someone that i think is a top 20 uh, james how about you anyone that you can think of yeah drew mcintyre um formerly drew galloway
0: i think in england in america on the indies he was probably you know for the first four months of the year one of the best performers in the world um not not the best, but but certainly one of the best. And at that time, a top ten level worker uh, going to WWE was absolutely the right thing for him to do. When he did, and I think as the face of NXT, he's going to be <clears> fantastic. <throat> but at the same time, it has reduced sort of the level of consistent world class output that you had been seeing from him previously. And don't get me wrong, he still had very very good matches, um, but not top. 10 sort of matches. But in the in the early part of the year, he was the complete performer. And, you know, we were putting over Cody for leaving WWE and making a, a name for himself on the indies. But Drew did that and then some. I mean, he was a joke in WWE with, with 3MB. And then he left. He worked hard. And he quite specifically wanted to show people that he wasn't a joke. He was a, a real wrestler and a hell of a worker and and he really was he helped build a lot of indie companies he he was great for ICW he was very good for WCPW as well and you know a lot of companies in the states um and even in impact he was one of the most consistent guys there he was one of the few guys having good matches every week so i think if drew can if he's allowed to be at the level that he can work he would he'd be a top 10 guy for sure
1: Finn, I'm going to come to you. Um, anyone in your mind that's a top 20 level performer, but just maybe hasn't had the year that could get them in there this time?
2: Uh, I mean, I guess Finn Balor's a, an obvious choice. Um, I mean, hes we all know how good he is. We saw that against Styles uh, at the TLC pay-per-view. Uh, it just feels like he's... Um, I mean, obviously the Bray Wyatt feud was just was just deadly for him wasn't it really it was just like toxic uh, just like s- sapped him of all s- strength of all life Um so it was great that it, I mean he must have been c- so relieved that he didn't have to face sister Abigail at TLC uh, and got the match with um, with AJ Styles instead uh, and obviously the Bray Wyatt feud is now ended sadly he's now also become a victim of Kane uh, which is um Hopefully going to result in a Finn Balor as the demon, uh, beating Kane and getting vengeance and hopefully setting up, setting him up for bigger and better things in 2018. Uh, It just feels like it's been a a real struggle for him this year, um, to really find his feet. So I'm hoping for, uh, for bigger and better things for him next year.
1: And Ollie, it's come to you. Who would you Would you like to have put in had they been able to, you know, have more chances to show what they can do? Can I say Daniel Bryan? Um, I mean, okay. I mean, back up. Yeah, go ahead. Then that was more of a gag. I thought it was more of a
3: laugh. We're not allowed to interrupt. We're
1: we're we're worried about the connection of the call. We have to make sure Sure. there's not like multiple laughs going on.
3: Yeah, I was Uh, laughing internally. In all seriousness, there are many people, Finn Balor, of course, Cesaro would have been one for me. Uh, but the one that sprang to my mind is a guy who was actually Ring of Honor champion for the first four days of this year. But because of loads of contract tampering allegations, it seems, from Ring of Honor to WWE, his move over was stopped. So effectively, he was in limbo for months, eight months, I think it was. And that's Kyle O'Reilly. I'm a huge fan of his work. He's got such a unique way he moves around the ring. I love all of his matches. I love his style of wrestling. Uh, but he hasn't had a chance to show it for about eight months because he's been on the indies, uh, and not really getting that exposure.
1: There you go. I mean, we could, we could go on for ages about other people, but that's kind of, that's kind of going to wrap it up for this. Um, we've not had any screaming matches, which is unfortunate, but you know. Cena, Cena was briefly mentioned, and Finn was able to take a valium and just get through it. But um, I was I, probably a little bit obnoxious. But <laughs> what else did <would> you expect? <laughs> True, you can't poke the bear and not expect it. Um, So I guess before we kind of go, we're gonna we're gonna take this away, and, and James, you're gonna be tasked with writing everything together and kind of formulating our, our Wrestle Talk 100. Any kind of closing comments about the the 100? It's gonna be a
0: nightmare. Because, <laughs> you know, I've got a, a short list of about 200 guys who could realistically make a claim. Um, we're in an era now where it's a case of, did this guy's four great matches trump this guy's five almost great matches? You know, and and we're talking not for even top 20 or 30, but we're talking to make the 100 at all. Um, there's so many super workers out there, and and then once you start delving deeper and going into, you know, the the dark waters of all Japan, who no one really watches anymore, um, but it's still got some phenomenal talent. And then, you know, do you count Lucha Underground because it was filmed last year? Do you count it as this year because it aired this year? That's the one I have to get through. Um, do you how ha- how much of impact can you take seriously in terms of ranking these guys but if there's no one from impact in the 100 is it going to be a bit of a joke all things Finn has been through many times I'm sure yes. only only double <laughs> so.
2: yes yes good yes. luck James good luck good luck no nice. no James I do yeah. want
1: to ask you um it's not too late because I know that you know you were thinking that maybe you know the wrestle talk 100 you said you've got 200 maybe just let's open up let's do the wrestle talk 200 penny <laughs> yep i will hit you <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, let's just I, let's go a thousand you know let's top pwi let's double them
1: i love it. one of my favorite things is when you get the pwi 500 to get to like number 497 and it's like steve satin from texas who's had three matches yeah. depends um, how much he's paid bill after That's true, that's true. Um, it
0: used to be.
1: uh, I'm going to go around you all because, you know, some people depend where they're coming from to listen to this. They might not be familiar with some of us. So uh, I want your social media plugs and anything else you want to plug. Ollie, I'm going to come to you first because I feel like you're going to be the most, you're going to give the most pizzazz. Because I feel like you're just going to be like the plug machine. So Ollie, what do you want to plug and how can people follow you and get in touch with you if they so desire to do so?
3: You'd be surprised how much I hate doing plugs and want to screw it up at every opportunity. And uh, you can just follow, just subscribe to Wrestle Talk on YouTube There Properly support Wrestle Talk. Give us a
1: subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you did it. Okay, um, you can also get them on. What's your Twitter handle, Ollie Davis? At Ollie Davis. O l i d a v
3: i s. I was an early adopter of Twitter. No numbers next to my name. Do you know some some
1: scores. some uh, person? That's right. I said person, not what I'm thinking. Um, took Kenny Macintosh in 2012. It's just a bloody egg. Mm. So I can't get it. <laughs> the bloody it's egg damn or damn egg. So I, I an egg. Right. So so now I'm stuck with Kenny MC 1985. Go ahead and give it a follow, which is giving away my age. So it's all it's all buggered. Anyway. Finn, (laughs) time to come to you.
2: (laughs) Yes, people can follow me on Twitter at at FinlayMartin or at Powerslam online. And if you want to check out my website, they can at finleymartin.co.uk. I'm going to hand it over to James.
0: Thanks, Finn. Um, Of course, buy the magazine from wrestletalk.bigcartel.com or even better, subscribe to the magazine Woo! ever miss an issue. Because why would you want to miss one? Um, why risk it? Don't risk it. And I believe you can follow me on Twitter. Kenny may have to back me up on this. It's probably Jay Dixon Ryder. That's but correct. Kenny, That's said, correct. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> I don't know much about the Twitter machine, and I don't enjoy it. It's a dangerous
1: place. <laughs> dangerous place. So I mean, you, to be fair, you didn't put a wee joke up on Twitter about a, you know an intermission sign being a pay per view, and Melts reports it it could be worse
0: yeah no, only reports things i text him kenny <laughs> did
1: you text him that
0: no no i didn't
1: did you see what he tweeted tonight he was like the pay-per-view the pay-per-view is not real it was a hoax from a uk reporter i was like it's not a hoax it was a joke was you're saying... not a reporter either i know i know i'm not i'm not so like calling you a journalist anyway um I'm, I'm kidding i'm kidding you're the editor of the magazine um So yeah, please do go to wrestletalk.bigcartel.com. Issue one is available now digitally. Um, You can also, this is what I would do, I would buy the print version because I like to have the print version at home because sometimes when you need a number two on the toilet and you Mm -hmm. want to have a leisurely one, which we all do, whether we admit it or not, you like to have a good magazine. And when I was younger, I used to do it with Power Slam. Now I get to do it with Wrestle Talk, and I, and I'm also in the magazine as well. So it's this weird meta world. Um, so we'll be back next year with the Wrestle Talk 1000. Um, <laughs> we'll probably be back in two in two months when we do the end of year awards. So. Oh yeah, yeah, that'll be good. I'm looking forward to that <laughs> end of year awards. They're always good. So thank you for listening. Thank you for. Uh, uh, you know just being around buying the magazine and please do get in touch with us on social media if you agree or disagree with any of our picks and if you agree we will retweet you and if you, if you disagree we will ignore you but it'll be a lovely time to be had by all um thanks to all you guys uh for being involved finn ollie and james and um yeah i'm just rambling now because i'm quite hungry so i'm gonna go and get some food um don't watch gender if you watch him you're allowing the problem to continue
2: You are enabling, enabling WWE.
1: And we don't want that. Bye.
0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The living room is where you make life's most
3: beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life.